Hey, everybody. Welcome into the podcast. We are back with another special bonus episode. Bonus episode. We are coming to you live. I always say live. We're not really live. This is a recorded episode. I was going to say, we're in person. We're in person. We are on site. On There, there it is. go. On site. We're on site at Western Reserve Distillers here in Lakewood, Ohio. I'm super pumped, Brad. This is a, a local distillery to me and to what used to be where you lived. I was going to say, it's just good to be back in Northeast Ohio, man. It's always good I, to be I in love Northeast Ohio. making that two-hour drive. My friend and I always joke that if you're in Ohio, if we could just delete everything between Mansfield and like Delaware, Ohio, just get rid of it, bring Cleveland a little closer, we would all be really happy. We really dove deep on Ohio geography here right <laughs> off the bat. Listeners are dropping like flies. We're sitting here with our friend Scott Sauer who's helping us with our new Real Crafted Barrel Pick program, and we're here to do a barrel pick today. We've got Adam Acuff here uh, from Western Reserve. He's the director of operations here. I'm going to put Adam and Scott on the mic here. Adam, how are you today, man? I am great. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good, man. <laughs> Scott, how are you feeling? Five whiskeys. Can you do it? I think I think I could manage. You know, uh, wait, were we not supposed to have started already? <laughs> uh-oh, uh-oh. uh-oh. So, Brad, we have five barrel-proof samples of whiskey sitting in front of us. We cannot disclose where this whiskey is from. So it's we'll from get, Western Western Reserve. It's it's Western Reserve Distillery. Yeah, but uh, this is a sourced whiskey. And you know the thing I like about Western Reserve is that like we've just had a tour of the whole operation. They're making their own distillate. They've got pot stills. They've got column stills. They are like they're producing some super high quality stuff. But they're also like you know. They're, they're upfront, transparent about the fact that some of their product is still sourced. And I really like the transparency in some of these smaller distillers that, you know, th they haven't been around for 15 years, but they've got a 15 year old whiskey. And like, we understand how that works. So yeah. the barrel that we're picking today is a 95% rye mash bill from Indiana. So you do the math on that. Yeah, we're really excited for it, guys. In the end, we don't really care about sourced or your own distillate. We want to drink good whiskey. And from everything I've heard, Western Reserve is killing it. So well, yeah. I'm excited to get into this. And we will. Adam, before we move any further, though, I want to talk a little bit about the history of Western Reserve. I feel like you guys are really making waves. I know some uh, some brands that you've done some proprietary stuff for. And what really catches my eye when I go to the liquor store is these incredible bottles that you guys bottle in. So you may be familiar with the brand. You may not. Tell me a little bit about the history of this place. All right. So we have been around physically for just about four years now. Uh, we started making whiskey long before that. Uh, we were going to go in the organic direction. So we are the only organic distillery here in Ohio and one of a handful in the nation. So about five years prior to us building, even starting our build out here, we knew we were going to do this. We made some whiskey. Uh, up on Koval stills in Chicago. So we were able to get whiskey racked, age it out, have it fully mature and ready by the time we opened this facility. So we did that, started shopping around for a location. We settled on what used to be the Friedrich and Sons moving in storage here in Lakewood. That gives us four floors of temperature controlled aging. Um, with that, we don't really adjust the temperature. What we do is we keep the, the barrels from going dormant in the winter. So just keep it above freezing so that there's a little bit of in and out with the wood. We've barely scratched the surface on our on our capacity at this point. It will take it will take decades to fill this place at the rate that we're going. 
one of the hardest things about being a younger distillery is getting to some of the older whiskey. You know, the, the tendency is always to sell it as soon as we're able to. And we've been in a good position that we have that demand. So when our whiskey gets mature, usually we're out of it. And then we have the next batch coming. It just takes a while to, to achieve old stock. Mm -hmm. So we are making a full line of distillates here. We make two types of vodka, a corn and a spelt. Uh, we make two types of gin as well, corn and a spelt. We make a rum. Most recently, we've gotten into agave spirits as well. We have about four different mash bills of whiskey that we're making and probably add to that a little bit as well. We make 100% wheat whiskey. We make a wheated bourbon. We make a high rye bourbon. We make a rye. And then we also make a couple others that we're playing around with right now. So... You always got to have a few, you know, toys in the chest that you're waiting to pull out, right? Yeah, constantly working on something or other. Again, all certified organic, everything that passes through our stills. So how many current expressions of whiskey are you guys selling right now? I mean, I'm looking at the sheet you gave me. It's it's over a dozen, I think. Yeah, I think we've got 13 right now. Wow. But a couple of those are very difficult to find. So if you can find, for example, the 12-year Kentucky, we can't. <laughs> Go it's ahead just, and pick that up. You, right. you let it loose and it hasn't returned yet, has it? That's actually true with the 15 and the 14 right now, too. We just sold out a 14 here at the distillery over the weekend. And then eight year has been out in the state, but not in the distillery for a couple of months now. Yeah. I went and rounded up a bunch right before the holidays so we could have some back here. Sold through that and now it's gone again. Wow. So. It, so it sounds like a good problem to have. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we've been fortunate. Well, guys, I think we should just dive right into trying these here. Adam, if you could give me any more info that you are permitted to give. Like, uh, I know these are all barrel proof. Like, what, what kind of a proof range are we looking at here? So these are wildly consistent, I will say. This is, this is a newer release. We started to do a barrel proof rye at the first of this year. Okay, this rye is all a 95% rye, 5% malted barley. And it's going to be probably in between 114 and 117. Awesome. No variation. Yeah. So what you're saying is it's going to be between delicious and really delicious. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, guys, uh, let's go ahead and start tasting through these. So I've just picked up sample number one of our five samples here. And I have to say, Brad, if I, if I could describe the nose of this first rye, it's really bourbon-y. I was literally about to say, man, it's got vanilla, it's got caramel, really there's sweet. just like a tiny bit of spiciness on the back end of the nose for me, but... I mean, if they're all like this, then I am on board. You yeah. know how I like my sweet whiskeys, <laughs> man. So, all right, guys, let's give it a sip, give our first tasting notes. Yeah, I'm, I'm calling it. We're going to pick barrel number one. Wow. Yeah. This is fantastic. So, here's what I'll say about it. It has a really nice bourbon-y character again on the front of the palate. Super caramely, really, really creamy. The rye grain doesn't hit me at all until after I swallow. And right on the finish, it kind of shoots back up my tongue. You get a little bit of that. It's not like a raw rye grain, but that spice and a little bit of that kind of like sour, uh, kind of dill, woodsy uh, taste for me. I don't know, Brad, how's it looking for you? Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, man. Everything is sweet and beautiful, and then you hit that mid palate, getting into the finish, and holy cow, I I'm just blown away. I love rise. I love the spiciness that comes along with it. You can tell that this is not a low age proof. 
in in my mind that it's definitely been aged for a little while. So yeah, I I'm all about it, Scott and uh, Adam. What are you guys feeling? Uh, I'm really impressed by this one. You know, um, we talked at our during our last barrel pick that one of the things that always stands out to me that differentiates a great whiskey from exceptional whiskey is that creaminess, that buttery mouthfeel, and this one has has it 100 percent of the way through. Uh, very lingering, very rich. It's it's drier to me on the palate than it was on the nose. You know, uh, that initial hit was definitely had that vanilla and sweetness to it, but that faded really quick into, you know, that dry, it, not grainy, but I want to say um, like winter spice, kind of cinnamon, all spice, maybe even a little bit of clove uh, on the mid palate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that that part really sticks with you through the finish. Um, I, I, I really do love this one a lot. Uh, it's got that creaminess. It's got that richness. I'm interested if we're going to find one that maybe is a little sweeter to balance that out Yeah. Uh, as we as we go along with the rest. On the nose, extremely sweet. Upon entry, again, caramel, caramel, caramel. Mm-hmm. And then the spice picks up on the back end. What I'm left with is kind of top of the mouth, still sweet, but back of the back of the tongue and throat. I've got the spice now and it's it's very well balanced, actually. Very so, happy with that one. Yeah, me too. I added about one sleeve's worth of uh, di- dilution <laughs> of water to it to dilute it down a little bit. So I'm probably down to about, you know, between 90 and 100 proof on this. And uh, it's still really good. And I think the note for me that is consistent is that it maintains the creaminess for me. Yes. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you, dude. I diluted it a little bit and it, it just got even creamier as you dropped the proof point a little bit. This is <laughs> this is really good, guys. Yeah. <laughs> a very early lead this is jumping out to. So let's go ahead and try number two. The bar has been set very, very high. Bob, I feel like this one has like a cream soda feel to it. All right, for me, thinner mouthfeel for sure. Yeah. And the alcohol is, I don't want to say it's more aggressive, but because the mouthfeel is thinner, you notice the alcohol more. This definitely has more of a rye bite towards the end. It's got some of the tasting notes that we often find in weeded bourbons. Yep. It has that like cola, almost a cherry cola kind of note for me. Um, not as sweet and definitely in a completely different wheelhouse than number one. Yeah. And, and this one, this one genuinely brings about the rye flavor more prominently at the end. Like, like this one, I feel like I could pick out of a blind and say, Oh yeah, this is definitely a rye. Whereas the first one I would have genuinely had trouble with. I think I'm with Brad on this one. We might have already found it. I'm I'm anxious to see if the rest hold up. I love this one. Uh, it is. It. I love the flavor profile of this one, but it doesn't have the creaminess or the richness mm-hmm. that number one yeah. did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot more citrusy upon entrance mm, for me. Yeah. It's kind of much brighter. I agree. It's much much thinner. But with the addition of water, to me, it actually picked up some sweetness. Yep. We dropped mm-hmm. the proof. I really liked it with uh with the water. But I think I'm leaning number one if it were between the two of them right now. So Yeah, the number one, I think it it was a little bit different with dilution. Don't know if it got better. Definitely didn't get worse. This one definitely got a little bit better with dilution. Yeah. I've done a lot of these tastings now, and I find that blind is really the only way to go. Everybody wants information about the barrels before they go in. It really does influence the outcome. Mm. And there's table talk. Like to put people in separate rooms, isolation chambers, and have them taste. <laughs> because I've watched a group convince themselves that the one that they initially liked wasn't the one. It was actually when I used to work for a distributor representing MGP, we did 
Rossville Union blends. Mm. The first year they released those as a barrel pick, they labeled them sweet, savory, and spicy, depending on the rye, uh, the barley, and the corn content of the, the mash. So, unanimously, this group liked the sweet, but then when I told them it was the sweet that they were leaning to, bourbon guys couldn't bring themselves to go for the sweet, mm. so they all, <laughs> one at a time, jumped off. That's hilarious, And didn't man. go with the sweet, so... MGP started doing blind after that as a result. Yeah. So you you were talking about how you like to keep people in isolation chambers. I just want to say it now explains why we were each locked in cages before we started this this episode. It makes sense now. Yeah, I get it. Finally. So as we get into number three, Brad, this has just a really classic rye nose to me. Yeah, for me, it's got all of those nice rye spices. I almost got a little bit of like an oatmeal cookie Mm. to it. It had a little bit of that oatmeal-y grain. Like a cinnamon apple kind of thing. I get that a little bit. It reminds me, we had a rye about a year ago with Chris Blattner from Union Horse. Dude. This reminds me a lot of that in the nose. It's got a little bit of like a dustiness Uh, to it as well. The Sting, wasn't it? Yeah. Chicago Sting was the name of the barrel that they picked. This might be a contender. Now, this is a rye. This is a rye. This is a rye, man. Ooh. Now, this is where Brad and I differ on ryes, because Brad loves a very rye-forward rye. Mm. And I'm like, yeah, why don't you mask my rye which, in, which in is bourbon wild, notes? Because I actually hate rye bread. Oh, that's funny. Not a fan at all. But I love rye-forward ryes. This one's just, I mean, again, kind of a thinner mouthfeel. It's got a salted caramel thing to me. After I swallow, like the saline notes really come out for me. And it's a very kind of prickly mouthfeel. So again, it's like it's that short, aggressive burst that you kind of get from rye on the palate. And I really like it. I don't know. Where are you guys falling on this? Uh, I'm getting like a soft peppercorn kind of note to it. Like, uh, you know, you definitely I I agree 100 percent with that sting. Um this is this is one hundred percent the lead for me right now. Uh, it's it's big, it's bold, it's got that spice, that intensity that that I always love. Um, you know, it definitely does not have the sweetness to it that number one did, and I'll also say it's it's maybe not quite as complex. You know, this one uh, number number one had layers to it. This one is pretty much you know uh, rye and spice through and through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just I love that style. So uh, you know, but yeah, it's it's this is a great great whiskey. Yeah, quintessential rye. If you were going to um, describe what w- rye tasted like to somebody, this is your object lesson right here. It is spicy, a little bit more savory, and sharp. All right, so Scott, you said this is your leader so far. Let me ask you, like, if you had to describe, just again in detail, the difference between one and three. Okay, so right now, one to me had uh, cream soda, uh, cream soda for days, lots of vanilla, a uh, little bit of spice, and... It was incredibly buttery and very complex. Um, I loved that, you know, you didn't taste one note through and through, but it developed on the palate. You know, it started sweet and faded with the spices. Uh, number three to me is your quintessential big, bold rye whiskey. It has that deep stone fruit uh, and lots of spice to it. Uh, very sharp, but still very lingering. I think three barely takes the edge for me as far as my personal palate. With that being said... One is probably the the higher quality whiskey. Mm-hmm. Uh, as, I agree with as that. As far as the tasting goes. Yeah. Well, and this was kind of something that we were struggling with with our first barrel pick, yeah. which was, I think, number one and number four it, were the ones, or one and three. It was one and three. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and number one was like the crowd pleaser. And number three was this has some really distinct character to it. And I think this one, 
One is definitely the crowd pleaser here again, not because it's a quintessential rye. Three is the quintessential rye, but this, I think one appeals to a broader swath of people. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. One is definitely sweeter. It's richer. Although three is the rye, the rye Mm -hmm. of the group for sure. Mm -hmm. And I mixed these up a little bit for the tasting, but I will say that those two were right next to each other uh, when we got them. So the, Uh, yep. Wow. Now, I will say again, like diluting it a little bit, adding a sleeve of water here, brought some sweetness out that wasn't there at Barrel Proof. There's a lot of vanilla on this for me. It's, it's still not bourbony, but yeah. uh, there's definitely some like vanilla bean on this. Yeah, a little bit for me. I think number one stood up a little bit better to dilution than than three did. And I, I honestly, I think that would be for me why I think I'm still sticking with one a little bit, even mm-hmm. though I... My my heart is saying like if we're gonna pick a rye, yeah, like let's pick. Well, that's a the thing I'm struggling rye. with is like I've never had a 95 percent rye mash bill taste so much like bourbon. Yeah, like it it definitely doesn't have a strong rye character to it. I don't know, Adam. I see you kind of chomping at the bit over here. What do you think? Um, I was going to agree that with the water, I thought number one stood up a little bit better just because it's a it's thicker, it's richer all the way through. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe this is a an introductory rye for people yeah. if you're looking at number one. Yeah, I'm really glad that you said thicker. The mouthfeel on one has just blown me away compared to two and three. But we should probably get into four at some point. Yeah, let's put that, that debate on the back burner for a minute. When I nose four, it's almost back into the realm of number one. Like, it really leans back into the bourbony. It's got a little bit more, uh, like, bright fruity notes for me it's some really strong apple here like red delicious apple uh it's it's not as dark i imagine this is not going to be quite as viscous and rich as number one but uh let's give it a a taste and see my suspicions are confirmed really good really creamy again the rye notes don't come out until the finish for me but this is kind of like the light beer version of number one yeah i yeah i don't even think i'm gonna say much more than that i'm with you dude yeah, it definitely. I think it. I think that's a that's a good way of putting it. Adam just said that it's a hybrid. I, I, it really kind of hits that balance between what we loved about number one and what we loved about number three. Not necessarily in a in a bad way or a good way. It's just kind of in the middle there. Yeah, yeah. Listen, I just added some water to this, and it immediately changed the nose to the Willet Funk. That was going to be the next <laughs> thing I said. This is like something I'm famous for saying, apparently, on our podcast, but uh, this really does take on that dusty, musty quality of Willet stuff. Mint, for sure. Yeah, the the mint comes out. You're right. Once you add that little bit of water, the flavor profile really changes, and it's all, it's almost like you just crushed a little bit of mint for a drink, mm-hmm. and it's like just you can just like smell it on your fingers yeah. a little bit, you know? Here's the thing. All four of these barrels have been absolutely fantastic, and I don't know that I was expecting them all to be quite at this level of uh, goodness, quite honestly. Can we pick all, f- all four and, <laughs> and the fifth, maybe? <laughs> but I will also say, like, if I'm being frank about it, four is not the flavor profile I'm going for. I don't know if that, like, yeah. that sits with you guys the same way, but, like, this would be mm-hmm. the first one so far that I would probably, like, pass on. So, yeah, yeah. I, I'm in agreement on it. And honestly, at this point, I feel like... Our first, our first barrel pick felt like it was in that unique. You got to at least try it once, right? Yeah. yeah. And so that that's why for me, I I feel I'm still feeling number one, guys. But we have a fifth one to try. We do. 
Yeah, once again, I feel like this one is kind of falling in the middle of like a one and three. Yeah. It's got some of those bourbony characteristics to it, but they're more muted this time around. I'm not picking up a lot of really distinct character here. Yeah, this one to me has a little bit more. Do you guys remember? I mean, I think they still make it, but do you guys remember like vanilla cola? Mm-hmm. The, to me, it almost has a little bit of that vanilla cola softness to it. That is nice, uh, but it, it's not overpowering in any way. Mm. That, that to me was like popcorn butter. Oh, this is interesting. Yeah, real earthy. This is like the the most woodsy, piney kind of one that we had here. Mm. I agree, it's thinner. Um, I guess now that we're through, I can tell you that number two and number five are older than the other three. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I um, Brad, we've talked about this a lot on the show that rye tends to mature at a younger age than corn does, and so you can get some really exceptional rye at a younger age statement than you can with with bourbon typically. Yeah, and so with that, I think that I'm I'm stuck on one, dude. I five is really nice it, yeah. for me. It, it gets I see where you're coming from with a little bit of that earthy mm-hmm. tones, mm-hmm. but for me, it's it's got a little bit of the sweetness of like a movie popcorn butter, and then it moves into a tiny bit of spiciness. I I feel like I'm missing some of the spice on this though. It, it doesn't remind me quite as much of a rye. This was definitely the most alcohol forward one for me. And it wasn't even just like in the mouth feel, like the feeling the prickliness of the ethanol, but like as soon as I drank it, I had a sense like, oh, this is a high proof whiskey. And the other ones, I think, kind of masked that a little bit with some really nice round flavors, whereas this one was just like, hey, I don't want to call it aggressive, but like right up front, it seemed very alcohol forward. Yeah. Yeah. I I absolutely loved five on the palate. It was a shorter finish uh, by far than the rest that we've had so far. Mm-hmm. I love the flavor of it. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, it has that earthiness. Um, I, I do get a lot of that spiciness. I was going to ask Adam if he snuck some cinnamon sticks in here. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it just the finish just isn't there for me. So uh, agree. Yeah. And it, in a weird way, it almost tastes younger on the finish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know how to explain that. I like, agree. And I, I don't think I've ever experienced that. Yeah. yeah it's, it's real grainy on the it's, finish. It's so bold at first. And it just fades so quick. And mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that that's been my experience tasting these recently. The ones with a couple of extra years tend to get kind of lighter and brighter. Hmm. At some point, they go sweeter than the than the. So one, three, and four. I'll tell you right now are six and a half years old. Two and five are just over eight. Interesting. Okay. okay. And there's across the board a significant shift in the in the viscosity. One of the best ryes we ever had on the show was from this really small, I mean, it was sourced rye. It was called Resilient Rye. Yeah. And it was at six years old. And I think we have found that like that six to seven year rye is just a magic number. It's a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Literally yeah. a sweet spot. I was about to say, I remember the, <laughs> yeah. the thing we liked about that. And it was one of the first uh, older ryes we had ever tried. I remember thinking... It was just sweeter than all the young ryes we'd ever tried. Mm-hmm. And the the spiciness didn't have to power through the entire time. You got a little bit of spice, a little bit of sweetness. Mm-hmm. And honestly, that's kind of what I'm seeing here on number one. Yeah. All right. So I think listening to the consensus of the group here, one and three are our finalists. Yeah. I mean, are yeah. we in agreement there? Yeah. 100%. Why don't we hit pause here? We'll take five. We'll cleanse our palates a little bit. We'll come back and try <laughs> one and three. And decide which barrel to pick. What do you guys say? 
Sounds perfect. Sounds good. All right, everybody, we're back. We are just caught, deadlocked in this battle between number one and number three. Scott has been trying to convince us to give him fun names. I pronounced Tom and Jerry. Yeah. Oh, there we go. I think I think that's a good one. We don't, they really are playing cat and mouse with each other. Number one is Tom. Number three is Jerry. All right, let's do it. Brad, Wait, is the mouse Tom? No, it's a Tom cat. So Tom is the cat, right? Yeah. Jerry uh, is Yeah, the mouse. let's call number one Jerry. I like the mouse better. So we're, we're, <laughs> so we're going in reverse order. <laughs> yes. Okay. So why don't we do this? We'll try number three again first. No, 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 no Bob. It, it's called Tom. What? Oh yeah, I'm sorry. We're trying Tom first, <laughs> number three, because we, you know, we went in the opposite order the first time around. I want to give number three a real shake here uh, and a fair chance. So we've re-poured Tom, guys. What do you think about this one? First off, I think it's a great name. I mean, just. <laughs> I will say this: like, it has a lot more bourbony character to it than we gave it credit for the first time around. I think because. Coming off of number one, that one was so bourbon heavy. This one really has a, a lot of nice, deep baking spice and caramel notes on the nose for me. For me, I, I almost got a little bit of a floral lilt to it on the nose. Man, Bob, it's just really nice. I want to pick them both. I do too. We could probably <laughs> move them both. We, we might be able to. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why Scott's here. That's the only real question. <laughs> I agree. Tasting it fresh off the break, the kind of bourbon characteristics jump out a lot more than they did mm -hmm. when we taste them in, in line last time. I'm really enjoying this. It's definitely, it's still lighter, the number mm -hmm. one, but it's much sweeter this time presenting than it did last time. Yeah. It's still just as hot though. I think this one is, like if we're going to be frank about the proof here, yeah. this one tastes barrel proof. Yeah. it. You know, this is... 100% my style of whiskey. Like, uh, this is, this is something that I would pick as a daily pour. Like, I, I cannot get enough of this as we sit here sipping it. Just the flavor profile is definitely the one that I lean towards. It's got that oak. It's got that spice. Uh, the second approach is a little more balanced to me. Uh, I agree with everybody else as well coming off of it fresh. You know, it does have a little bit more of that sweetness to it and it's pretty bold. It's lingering. The only thing that I can fault this one for and it's not really a fault because again it's it's my personal favorite uh uh profile is that it is one dimensional you know mm, uh yeah. i will say it doesn't really it, it's it's it tastes good all the way through uh but it's not super complex it doesn't change on the palate very much you know it's it's pretty constant the, like doing a barrel pick is like the ultimate whiskey version of fomo I am so terrified of missing out on number yeah. three if we choose number one. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm really terrified of missing out on number like it's it's really hard, man. Well, let this be comfort to you then, because I just nosed number one and immediately was like, all right, this is <laughs> <laughs> this is the winner here. Uh, Adam, go ahead. You're, you're chomping so a bit. statistically speaking here, we're looking at the now we've introduced proof and a little bit more age and information to the mix. Number one is the highest in alcohol, and it's, I guess, significant in this tasting. It's a few proofs higher. Certainly doesn't taste it. Here's the crazy thing about one, tasting it after three, I think the influence of the oak is much more pronounced this time around. Like, it's not the most aged one, 
but it's got a lot of oak character to it in a way that like a, a really well-aged bourbon does for me. Yeah. Not as sweet this time around for me. Yeah, it's definitely not quite as sweet. And I definitely notice the rye influence a little bit less. I, I think that number three definitely, because it has that heavier rye flavor to it, that little bit of spiciness, I definitely hit the spice notes less on number one this time. I almost feel like the first time around, we were picking this barrel as if we were picking a bourbon. And number one, like I, I added some water to it. It stands up as a really good bourbon that is made from a 95% rye mash bill. <laughs> Which that alone might make it worth picking, right? This time around, I, I'm almost leaning towards three. I think I'm leaning towards three too, man. I don't know. I want to hear some tiebreaker <laughs> votes here, though, from, from Adam and Scott. This is so funny because I feel like everybody flip-flopped on this one. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really like one. <laughs> it's funny. I said, I said three the first time around. Um, and what's interesting about this is I, I think I see what's going on here, right? Um, one was a little bit sweeter, but three was so bold. Uh, now it's influencing the sweetness uh, that you got from one. The one thing that I will say about one that three doesn't have is if... If three was wife material, if three was constant through and through, one is uh, the Jeff Bezos post-divorce material. Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> this is this is the fun on the side that will just keep you guessing. Like it just it's you know you go in once and you're getting a little bit of sweetness. You go in the next time and it's it's bold and spicy and you know it's it, it'll keep you guessing. We're uh, talking about whiskey here. right? Uh, I don't know anymore. But, uh, <laughs> I've had I've had enough whiskey that I I might be getting a little lost, but. But one it just has the complexity that, uh, you know, is just wowing to me. Um, and and uh, that's, that's, that's my yeah. thoughts on that. Adam, where are you at? I think one has the universal appeal that three does not. Yeah. I really enjoy three, but I think one's the crowd pleaser here. Mm. Even just taking another sip of one here, it's, it's just a damn good whiskey. Yeah. Like it, like. At a certain level, I think it's okay to back up and go up like the uh, the chain a little bit, and we're like just forget talking about rise or anything else. This is just a really good whiskey. It is like I like knocked out of the park. This is going to be our first rye barrel, though, and I feel like one doesn't have the rye character that three has. And I think I don't mean to overthink it, but I keep coming back to the fact that like if you purposely buy a rye, three is your whiskey. Mm. One is like this weird alchemy that resulted in a bourbony character from a rye mash bill. Conversely, it could be our gateway drug to people who aren't necessarily rye yeah. fans. Yeah. yeah. Now, I mean, like technically, since we drank through five samples and then just tried these two again, that was our seventh sample of whiskey. <laughs> so when we were coming in cold, it was very sweet. It was very rich. It was buttery. I didn't get that as much when it was the seventh sample of whiskey, but hopefully no one's trying this as their seventh pour of whiskey of the night. You better not be. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with Scott in that it's about context. We had just tried three, which remains the quintessential rye. Yeah. And therefore, the oak seemed more prevalent in one. Mm -hmm. So mm. reverse the order again. I'll bet one would have been the winner for yeah. everyone the second time around. All right, let's let's tally it up here. I want to hear Scott and Adam and Brad. Which barrel are we picking here? Does anybody have a coin? 
Ooh. <laughs> I didn't bring the coin of destiny. Oh, you really no. should have. I need oh, to start no. bringing it on these picks. Uh, I, I gotta go with. I gotta go with one. I gotta go with one this time around. I agree. One. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I'm on one, Bob. I, I am so close to three because I love Rise. I love classic Rise. For me, three is what I want from our first Rye Barrel pick. Yeah. yeah. But I think, as in the Dark Knight Rye or the Dark Knight, this is the barrel we need, Bob. This is the one we deserve. <laughs> um, I think I'm kind of with Scott in that three too closely mimics the flavor profile of the barrel we got from Watershed. Yeah. And again, I'm overthinking this because no one's Bob. out there like measuring the, it, it, you know, you... are they too one note in the barrels they're picking? But if there was ever a group of people out there that started like doing deep dives on the <laughs> film and whiskey real crafted barrel picks, then more power to you. Yeah. We need to start a subreddit. But you, you need to just stop saying that you're overthinking these things, Bob. We all know it. You That's always true. overthink it's things. It's implied. It's assumed. I will say, though, I think one's the crowd pleaser. One was definitely the most complex one. Yeah. It was the the richest. It was the thickest mouthfeel, really buttery. And most people, when they're going to drink some whiskey, they're not going to drink four whiskeys a night. They're going to grab one and have a few drinks of it and be done. So I, I think one's the winner. This is this has been so tough. We're flip-flopping more than a group of politicians. This is supposed to be whiskey tasting. <laughs> Scott's out here trying his stand-up bit. Like, <laughs> 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 all right, Scott, if we're all picking one, why don't you grab the, the bottle here and reveal to us what exactly... We're looking at what are, what are we working with? Real crafted pick. All right, so this is a uh, six-year, not not direct sister barrels, but only two barrel numbers apart from number three. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just this is a testament, and we realized this at the last uh, barrel pick at just how much the slightest difference. It could be the same dump date, same fill date, end up at the same distillery. 20 feet apart from each other and yet and be still vastly get, different and, and you'll still get wildly different uh whiskeys at the end yep uh 62.18 percent uh adam do you have more details as far as like char level and that that sort of these are all char level number three they're they're your standard 95 percent rye yeah which you're gonna find out there it's worth noting that scott's the only one that used his spit cup here that's <laughs> <laughs> I think it's hitting all of us at the same time here, too. Yeah. So after five samples of barrel-proof whiskey, uh, I think we're in a good spot here to call it a day. Oh, I'm in a great spot, Bob. We're picking barrel number one. Uh, and so we've got the first real crafted rye on board. Brad, does this meet your lofty standards for rye? I th- I think it does. You know what? Like I said, I think three was the rye to pick. One was just the whiskey to pick. Yeah. It, it just made the most sense yeah. to me. So, and I, I'll go back to what you said. It was it was very similar, not the same as our watershed picks. Yep. So, yeah, I think this is this is a phenomenal barrel that we're bringing you guys. Well, Adam, For, forget us. We're not bringing it to you, Adam. Adam Acuff here I was gonna say. at Western Reserve Distillers is bringing this to you, Adam. Before we let you go for the day, you've got a couple things you'd like to plug, and we are happy to provide that stage for you. So, uh, what's going on in your life, man? Besides working at Western Reserve, we are also working with 11 other distilleries to bring you the Northern Ohio Distillery Passport. Ooh, that sounds like a blast. It's looking up. I'm looking forward to it. So it's going to go live April 1st. Uh, We have 12 distilleries involved. They go all the way from Toledo to Ashtabula. So the entire northern half of the state Mm -hmm. is represented. We go as far south as Mansfield area. Uh, It works just like any other passport. 
you go, you get your ticket stamped. If you get all 12 of your passports stamped, you get invited to the Distillers Ball. We are definitely going all out for this. We want to make this the first first annual event. Look at any of your 12 distillers. The website is up live right now, northernohiodistillerypassport.com. Same Facebook handle, and that will give you all the information. You can start at any distillery. Yeah, and we, we have to say, if there is anywhere in this planet, this beautiful green earth that God would choose... <laughs> It would be Northeast Ohio. <laughs> so, obviously, you need to come drink some whiskey. Come check out the Northern Ohio Distillers. There is just so much cool stuff going on up here on the shores of Lake Erie. So, Adam, thank you so much. It's really been wonderful to be here with you. Film and Whiskey Nation, be on the lookout in our weekly newsletter, on our socials, uh, and on our Discord channel for more information about this barrel pick from Western Reserve Distillers. We'll be back on Monday with another regularly scheduled episode. But until then... I'm Bob Book. I'm Brad G. And we'll see you next time.